Welcome back to The Burn Podcast, hosted by Ben Newman. This week on the show, we're taking a moment to give a preview of a few of the guest speakers of our upcoming Mental Toughness Forum. We've pulled together some of the toughest people from all walks of life for the biggest online event of its kind. This event is completely free and you can find out all the details and register now for free at mentaltoughnessforum.com. That's mentaltoughnessforum.com. Don't forget to register for this free event and enjoy this week's episode of the show. to me is grit, it's resilience, and it's the ability to not only persevere, but perform at your highest levels when adversity punches you in the face, because it will. We know this. Mental toughness is the ability to stay in the fight when everybody else wants to shut it down. Mental toughness is doing what you know you have to do, whether you want to do it or not. And then doing it over and over and over again, day after day, week after week, month after month, and year after year. And not just doing it, but doing it in a certain way, bringing a certain energy and attitude to whatever it is you're doing, regardless of the conditions. You see, mental toughness is a standard. And the standard is the standard. And the standard is always above feelings. That, to me, is mental toughness. Performing at your best when you feel your absolute worst. And yes, I know that sounds and feels like that's a near impossible ask. It is. This is why so few people truly are mentally tough. And yes, I did say year after year after year, because to me, mental toughness is not a trait. It's not a tactic. It's it's not a strategy or one of the many tools you have in your mental toolbox. No, mental toughness is much bigger than all of that. Mental toughness is a way of life. It's all-encompassing, and it can and it needs to be applied to virtually every single aspect of your life. So today, we're going to talk about pushing to the edge in a high-performing environment. This whole setup is basically what I believe that um, all pro athletes, all high-level people, all high achievers have gone through in their life at one point to continue to take it to the edge, to continue to put themselves in a position to thrive. And I'm gonna give you the three-step process um, on how to do that. I'm gonna give you the tools and the resources and exercises that you need to help you guys grow. One goal for the day is to be able to push to the edge. That's my one goal for today. If I can give you guys the ability to push to the edge, I feel like I've won for the day. It's three steps, three easy steps, I believe, that you can use consistently every day to take it to the edge. Step one is establish your comfort zone. Step two is establish your growth zone. And step three, take it to the edge. So let's step into the first zone. The first zone is the comfort zone. Um, A question I like to ask to define the comfort zone is what derails you? What is it that's out there in the world 
that's putting you in an uncomfortable environment, that's putting you in a um, stressful environment, that's putting you in a space where um, you can actually get close to burnout, where you can get close to being uncertain. What's putting you in these spaces, right? Um, it's important to actually designate that on your journey to the edge because as you continue to achieve, the noisiness turns up. Um, I've learned on my journey, um, going from college, excuse me, going from being an intern, sleeping on the floor, you know, my first year as a strength coach, all the way up until now, um, working at the highest level in sports, um, I've learned the noisiness turns up, right? And the noisiness affects um, how you execute if you don't know how to block it out. But me being able to actually declare that um, and know that that's a thing, um, it gives me the, the, uh, the focus now to say, all right, when I take this next step, when I take this next um, leap into this chapter working with the Sixers, um, I know for a fact things are going to come. So I'm prepared and I'm going out of my way to kind of um, be in tuned and focused on, you know, what that noisiness looks like for this level. What is mental toughness? Everyone defines it differently. If you look at mental toughness, what does it mean to me? Mental toughness to me is being able to overcome challenges. But more importantly than that, to take it another step further, it's to recognize challenges, not as challenges, not as obstacles, but as opportunities. As we go through our lives, our careers, our family dynamics, all the things that we all have going on inside, outside of our work lives, in our family dynamics, things like that, we have opportunities. We have opportunities to overcome. We also have opportunities to recognize how blessed and specifically fortunate we are in a lot of ways. We live in a great country. We have so many freedoms. We have so many things to be thankful for, especially when you look out in the world and some of the things that other people are going through right now. Mental toughness is a requirement in life. No matter what you want to do, if it's business related, if it's sports, if you want to become a professional athlete or excel to the pinnacle of your career, mental toughness is a prerequisite. It is a requirement no matter what to get through this life, but specifically to get through this life productively. For me, my background has been in sports for a long time. I've been fortunate. I've coached at the high school, the collegiate, and the professional level. Once again, you know, over a decade in the NFL, and it's flown by, and it's it's not always been easy. It hasn't always been, hey, man, we get to show up on Sundays and be a part of these things and be a part of these championship teams. And that's been awesome. Has it always been the easy way? Absolutely not. The grind is part of what makes those times special. And once again, if you want to talk about mental toughness, what goes into it? What goes behind the scenes in creating a successful career, path, championship level football team, whatever we're talking about, there's a lot of opportunities there to demonstrate and to show mental toughness. Hi, my name is Phil Heath, and I'm seven time Mr. Olympia. Just so happens to be the biggest bodybuilding show in the world. It's our Super Bowl of bodybuilding. But uh, what I'd like to talk to you about is how I came up and uh, the different whys in a row that it took for me to actually acquire those championships. I was raised in Seattle, Washington. Um, my parents both worked extremely hard and I was able to mostly watch them other than hear them tell me what to do. Um, my mom working in a cargo services for a company called Sealand, she had an amazing routine. She would always start her day at like 4.45, getting up, doing cardio, working out. And my stepdad would do the same. And Lo and behold, I ended up doing the same thing early on. So I knew that the first thing you do, you get up and you get your body moving. And that translated into me always being in the athletics, 
but the most important thing was being competitive. Um, growing up in that inner city of Seattle, I had a lot of friends that were into various sports and I just wanted to blend in. Um, being an only child, I had no brothers or sisters, so you know, I always happened to do team sports like basketball, track, baseball, etc. And I ended up getting on a state championship basketball team that later got me a Division I scholarship at the University of Denver. Um, that career in itself didn't transpire into the big goals of playing professional sports, um, especially in the NBA. Being 5'9", it just wasn't in the cards. And it, and it really um, damaged me at that time because I put my whole identity into becoming an athlete. And I felt being a state champion uh, in high school, I would actually have those dreams be fulfilled through my hard work and dedication of playing on a big stage in college and then later on going to play in the NBA and watching some of my friends, um, like one of my high school teammates, Jamal Crawford, actually do that. I just wanted that victory and realizing that that wasn't for me, it really put me in a bad spot of depression where I looked to alcoholism and drugs and all those things and really was in a really terrible spot where I literally didn't think that life needed to continue. And thoughts of suicide and actually attempts at that did exist at the age of 20 and 21. And it was primarily because the more I put into the sport, I didn't see the return on my investment. Let's get to work. I'm Tim Grover here. When you talk about mental toughness, I've trained two of the guys that set the standard. Actually, they didn't set the standard. They raised the standard and continue to raise it. They're iconic when it comes to mental toughness. Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. I don't care if you're talking about sports, business, whatever it is. You cannot mention mental toughness and not think about those two individuals. I was blessed to work with them for an extremely long period of time. They learned from me, I learned from them. I'm gonna share some of those stories with you. Now, the one thing that you have to understand about mental toughness, there is no one thing. There is no key. I love how everybody, can you tell me one thing, how I could be mentally tougher? What is the key to being mentally tough? You're already losing. Because you know what you're doing? You're taking the wrong path. You're taking the wrong path. You know what? Every time you decided not to take the right path, you know why you didn't do it? Because it was too damn hard. That's why. That's why people don't take the right path. Because it's too hard. That's why you ask, what's the one thing? Boy, don't we wish it was that simple. There's no one rule to success. There's no one rule to winning. Those rules are endless. Mental toughness is a continuing battle of what's going on in your head. There's a mental war that goes on in here that you must fight every 
single day. My name is Rebecca Gregory. And past that, I've never really been good at giving myself a title or recognition because I'm not a celebrity and certainly not a financial guru that's going to magically transform your bank account. In fact, I wasn't even an athlete in the very marathon that my name is now permanently attached to. To be honest, that day, I was on the sidelines stuffing my face with chocolate-covered pretzels, laughing at the mere thought of running 26.2 miles for fun. And we started that morning at the 17-mile marker, tracking our friend with an app on our phones. It was the most contagious atmosphere I have ever been part of. Everyone was cheering and holding up their signs. And one person in our group of nine said that we should get closer to the finish. And by the time we got to our spot, we were right in the middle of the action. But there are only so many runners a five-year-old can watch before he starts to get really bored. So Noah, in typical kindergarten fashion, starts tugging on my clothes. Mom, mom, when are we going to leave, mom? So without much thought, I said, buddy, why don't you sit down on my feet and play in the rocks like you're a scientist? So Noah took his place at my feet with his back up against my shins. And that's exactly where my little boy was when a bomb in a backpack went off three feet behind us. Because of the decision to place Noah on my feet that day, my body was able to act as a human shield and ultimately save his life. I took everything in the back of the legs and torso, and even though I've had 72 operations and counting and lost my left leg below the knee, that same little boy is now six foot two and will be celebrating his 15th birthday. You're looking at somebody who buried his dream when he was a kid. I always wanted to be an athlete. I went on to do business, made a lot of money, and then I got diagnosed with a brain tumor. How did I go from facing death to having every single thing I could have ever imagined? Of becoming an Emmy-winning Nike athlete in the biggest Super Bowl commercial of all time? How did I lose 130 pounds? How did I reverse my brain tumor? How did I do an Ironman in New Zealand and ride my bicycle from LA to New York? When everything in my life was crashing, I found a new way to be mentally tough, and I want to teach you. I got diagnosed with a brain tumor. And honestly, I want to tell you that mental toughness isn't always packaged in some big, beefy guy who's cussing at you. A lot of times we think that is what mental toughness is. And honestly, you could put me head to head with any big, tough, yelling guy, and I'll go pound for pound mentally tough, even though I'm packaged with a smile. I'm packaged in, you know, a little chubby, not strong muscles. But overcoming a brain tumor, surviving what I survived, being able to do incredible feats, being able to bike across America and do an Ironman and lose 130 pounds and reverse a brain tumor, 
It takes mental toughness. And there's a couple modes that y'all might be learning in this, in this mental toughness form, and a lot of it might be intense. I'm gonna offer a different perspective. 